Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the Toward Light podcast. This is the last episode of season one. Season two will begin on April 7th. This episode, I want to explore the third noble truth, the truth of Nibbana, the truth of cessation. The first noble truth is this truth of dukkha, the truth that there is difficulty in life. The second truth is the truth of tanha, the truth that craving compounds this dukkha. The third truth is this truth of Nibbana, the truth that this cycle of dukkha and tanha can cease. And the fourth truth is the Noble Eightfold Path, the eight factors that can help lead us to this extinguishing. Sometimes, casually, I refer to teachers or sanghas as firsters or thirders. Firsters emphasize the teachings around dukkha, and thirders emphasize the teachings around liberation. I'm often more of a firster, more focused on this difficulty, so I want to make sure I end this season with this truth of Nibbana. We are on this path because we believe in the possibility of freedom. Let's start by talking about these words, Nibbana, cessation, liberation, freedom. Nibbana is the Pali word. Often we use the Sanskrit word Nirvana, same, same. Nibbana is often translated as extinguishing, like extinguishing of a fire. The idea is that the fire of craving is extinguished. The cycle of dependent origination, this way that craving and clinging are created, is stopped. So a word I use a lot is cessation. It's the ceasing of this wheel of tanha and dukkha. Sometimes I use the words liberation or freedom because we're liberated or free from this craving and this difficulty. Now I want to be very clear, freedom from dukkha does not mean freedom from pain. As the Buddha aged, he had trouble with his back and difficulty with his community. But rather than crave for those things to be different, which would have created dukkha, because he was an enlightened being, he accepted the circumstances as they arose and didn't compound them. So an example, when my ear hurts, I recognize pain arising in the ear. I see if there's a wise way I need to care for it, maybe putting some drops in. And then I accept it as it is. I notice the sensations as they change, but I do not fight against its existence. But the second I begin to wish it away or crave for it to be different, that's dukkha. That's compounding the pain and transforming it to dukkha. So this Nibbana, this cessation, is the cessation of dukkha, not pain. Aya Anandabodhi says, the key to liberation is turning toward what we want to turn away from. So while I'm not happy about the pain in my ear, I still turn toward it and accept it as part of my experience in the moment. I often mention that I prefer to talk about topics that I have direct experience with. So why am I talking about the third noble truth? I'm not a fully enlightened being. However, the third noble truth is saying that cessation is possible and we can experience cessation or liberation or freedom from dukkha momentarily. And so it's important that we learn to see and recognize this when it occurs, because the more we taste these moments of liberation, the more we can see the possibility of full liberation. Sharon Salzberg says, an awakened life 
demands a fundamental revisioning of the limited views we hold of our own potential. We have to revise how we see ourselves, our possibility for freedom, and what freedom even is. Now I'm going to talk about some ways we can taste this freedom, this nibbana, this cessation. One great place to start is with the body. Clench up your face and jaw tightly. Scrunch up your whole face. Hold it. Hold it. Now exhale and let it go. Feel the release. Feel the letting go. See how it feels to hold on and to let go. To be stuck in clinging and then to be free of it. Try it with the breath. Breathe in and hold it as long as you can. As you exhale and release the breath, see how that feels. Then find the balance of the natural rhythm of the breath and track each moment of letting go, of releasing. See that any moment you are exhaling, you can taste this freedom, taste this release. Another way to connect with moments of cessation is to look in our minds. In episode 17, I talked about the third foundation of mindfulness, mindfulness of the mind. And when we're bringing mindfulness to the mind, we're looking at the presence and the absence of certain mind states. So we're witnessing greed, hatred, and delusion when they're present, and we're witnessing them when they're absent. A moment free of greed, hatred, and delusion is a moment of liberation, a moment of freedom, a taste of the third noble truth. Joseph Goldstein says, awakening is really possible. It's something that all of us can achieve because it is the potential of the mind itself. So when we see these moments of the three poisons being absent from the mind, we see the potential the mind has to be free, to be liberated. Another way we can see cessation is by looking at habits. We often get so stuck in certain habits because of upbringing, because of the cultures we live in, and letting go of these habits is a doorway to liberation. A really obvious example is the habit of smoking. Due to various causes and conditions, I began smoking cigarettes, and certain conditions in the culture, who I was spending time with, the norms of the groups I associated with at that time, supported that habit. But eventually I chose to see through this conditioning and break the habit. So being able to look back on that as an example of a time I was able to cease a habit of craving helps me connect with the possibility of liberation. Before I talk about more subtle forms of cessation, here is a quote from Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams. I think liberation lies in those pregnant moments where you have the habit, but if you can see through it, you have this truth. So many of our mental habits are such a part of us and so frequent that we don't even notice them. So when we see through them, when we see them for what they are, conditioning, habits, trauma responses, whatever, we are seeing liberation. An example could be a mental habit of tracking the emotional state of others around you and changing your behavior based on that. This often comes out of childhood conditions where it was essential to scan others' moods in order to stay safe or connected in your group or family or tribe. It becomes so habitual that you don't even know you're doing it. So you're at work, you go to the communal fridge to get a drink, but as you walk toward the kitchen, you see that your colleague who just sent a snarky email is there. 
and your impulse is to go back later to avoid them due to their mood, but instead you choose to go in and get your drink. That's a moment of seeing through the habitual patterning. That's a moment of liberation. Another example might be the mental habit of aversion. In episode 8, in talking about the Buddhist personality types, I shared that I'm an aversive type. I'm more likely to have a negative reaction when I try new things for the first time. So because I know this, when I do something new, I try and track my negativity and resistance. And when I feel the resistance but do the thing anyway, I can see that as a step toward liberation, a step toward dismantling my conditioning. Cannot talk about the third noble truth, this truth of Nibbana, without talking about renunciation. As Bhikkhu Bodhi says, serious aspirants on the path to liberation have to be extremely discerning in what they allow themselves to be exposed to. Yes, the factors in the Noble Eightfold Path, the wisdom factors, the ethical factors, and the mental cultivation factors all support liberation. But we don't just dip into these practices and then do whatever we want the rest of the time. If we're truly working toward liberation, we connect the whole of our lives to this path, which means not marinating in conditions that will lead to a bunch of craving, which will in turn lead to dukkha. This is unique to each of us. Certain behaviors or scenarios that are hindrances for me may not be for you and vice versa. In general, we're looking at situations or people or behaviors that lead us to unwholesome habits of the mind and heart. I can walk through a casino in Las Vegas, no problem. I have no interest in gambling. It's not leading me toward craving. But for someone else, walking through a casino is too big of a temptation and they can fall into unwholesome habits. For me, I need to be careful about what types of movies or shows I watch. Certain ones can stir me up and get me caught in fear and delusion. For you, you may watch the same thing with no problem. In order to see Nibbana in our lives, in order to connect with this truth of liberation, of freedom, we need to have the space to do so. We need to be able to take the time to honor the exhale, honor the moments of liberation that already exist in our lives. And so we let go of what compounds our dukkha little by little, whenever possible, so we can have more of these free moments in our lives. Wishing you all a peaceful and healthy month, and I look forward to Season 2 beginning April 7th. Thank you so much for listening. The links are in our show notes. You can find me on Instagram at TowardLight108, and the website is TowardLight.net. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Be well.